Welcome to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. I'm your host, Matt Halloran. Being your own loud is not new to marketing, but the mindset, strategies, and resources to help you get there are evolving faster than this industry is keeping up. It is time to find a new perspective on what works why and how to move your business forward. Listen as I interview guests to help you learn from them how to be your own loud. Let's get to the show. Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Matt Halloran. Today, we are talking to Kim, who is the founder and coach of the Approach Coaching Method. Now, there's a reason she's on the show. And I know all of you are like, dude, you always say that there's a reason that they're on the show. And there is, because <laughs> I choose the guests for a very specific reason. And the reason why we wanted Kim on the show is because she has like a foundational philosophy that's entirely in line with who we are here at Proudmouth, which is the world needs who you were made to be. We want you to learn how to be unapologetically yourself because we know you have no competition. Oscar Wilde said, as I say all the time, you might as well be yourself because everybody else is taken. But how in the hell do you get? there to figure out who you are and who you want to be, not just in the marketplace, but in life. And Kimberly is going to give us a great opportunity to learn a little bit about what she's learned in her life and how she can help you figure that stuff out. So Kim, welcome to the show. Oh, well, thank you. That's a, that's a wonderful introduction. I, I appreciate it so much. I'm a I'm happy to be here and part of the conversation. So thank you. All right. Well, you have such a fantastic story as we were just uh, kind of talking before we hit record that you had left the corporate world and immediately got 20 people who were singing your praises, which never happened. So let's talk about where you started and how that has evolved into where you are today, please. Oh, thank you. That that was incredible. That was very humbling when I announced that I no longer was in the corporate world and, and I was looking for a, a transformation. Right away, I got 20 recommendations on my LinkedIn profile and I'm going, okay, who gets this? Who gets this? And why did I get this? So it kind of goes behind the story of the world needs who you are made to be. And this was a sign that I bought when I went to one of the many Limra Gamma Lamp conferences that I go to. So I'm in Dallas. I drug a whole bunch of friends to go to Waco, Texas, because I'm a huge fan of the Fixer Upper. So Joanna Gaines, I had to go check it out and see. And my, myself and my two peers went and I saw this sign. And for some reason, I needed to buy it. I just needed to buy it. That was my keepsake from there. So fast forward a year, things were starting to change. I could feel a change in the corporate world. I could feel things were, were, were moving along in a different way. And, and this was now into COVID. We were, we were, you know, COVID started in March. We were sitting in June, the end of June. It was June 30th. And the whole entire sales team was down. There was down. We were all lost. We, we weren't sure where to go. What was coming next? How do we communicate with our advisors? What do we do? And I had this sign in my garden. I have beautiful gardens. So I had this sign in my garden and I snapped a picture of that sign and I sent it to the whole entire sales team, 60 people across because we communicated on WhatsApp because we wanted to stay in touch. We had to find a way. So I hit send and Matt, not with even 10 minutes, I got the email from corporate and it was a Zoom meeting and it was senior vice president of HR, senior vice president, vice president, my boss, vice president and the three GMs on this invite. And I sat there and I went, holy dino, this is, this is insane. This is incredible. We all seek, we all seek a sign from this universe. 
to help us understand where and how we need to step forward. I just never knew mine was actually a real physical sign. My wife bought me a thing from Goodwill. It, it is a sign. It's more of a plaque, I guess. It says, if you chase two rabbits, both will escape. And she handed that to me and I started crying. I was like, one, who, who else needed this as bad as I did? But it's unbelievable when that stuff happens. And, and it really is a lot of times when you do, uh, and Terrence McKenna said this, I don't know if you all know who he is, but you can look him up. If you knock on the universe, sometimes it gives you an answer. Sometimes we're prepared for it. Sometimes we're expecting it and sometimes we're not. Now, let's talk about what you're doing here. So you refer to real conversations. And, and you focus not just in financial services, but entrepreneurs in general. But remember, our audience are financial advisors, insurance professionals, people in our industry that you've lived in for a long time, as I have. What are the things that people should be talking about, Kimberly, that they are not? In the last 23 years of my, my tenure in the financial services industry on the corporate side, I had this tension. I, I had this tension. And, and when we have tension towards something, the best way is to really look into it. Why do I feel a push or a pull? Like, why is this tension here? And looking at it and watching how the, the, the service, the financial services industry was missing this piece, this approach. And people, I, I saw a lot of people not showing up authentically. And it was, it hurt my heart. It truly hurt my heart. And But these side conversations start happening with me because I've always had an approach to my job with coaching. It was just about coaching, asking really good questions. And that's how I became so successful so fast, was asking really good questions. So having these real conversations, I saw that it was missing. There was, there was kind of this, and I understand with scale, I, I completely understand that I'm from the corporate world. I know there's only certain things you can do. But I knew that I needed to step forward with my approach and approach every advisor in a certain way. And that, that realization came from a life experience I had from when they sold my division at Avari to putting the approach in place. And, and I'd love to expand on that more if I can. Yes, please. Please do. Wonderful. Thank you. So as June 30th, when, when the day happened, when they said, you're free, you're retired, I'm sitting here going, I've been planning for the last year and a half of what I wanted to do. So I wanted an advisory service and I wanted to coach business owners and feed the advisory service and all these plans. But through that, we don't realize that we have to give ourselves a moment to grieve. I thought I was okay because I'm a coach. I plan. I plan for these things. And I've been planning for this for the year and a half because I knew it was going to happen. But I needed to give myself that space. And there was, there was a moment when I started having these dreams. And I'm going to get a little graphic, so excuse me. But the, these dreams were of me killing myself. Mm. Night after night, so two weeks straight, I'd wake up in a pool of sweat. I'm going, why am I taking my life? What is going on? I was okay during the day. On the night, I'd be almost afraid to go to sleep because I didn't want to have this dream again. And then as the dreams progressed... People that I used to work with, my peers, my old bosses, mm. all this started showing up at my funeral in my dream. Mm. And I'm going, okay, something's going wrong. And during the daytime, it started creeping in my head more. Now I'm going, you need help, Kim. Go get help. You need to go talk to someone now. This is beyond. So I went and talked to a counselor who I loved and appreciated so much. And I sat there and I told her about my dreams. 
And as I'm telling her about my dreams, and I know her very well, she started kind of smiling. And I said, okay, Lynn, I love you. This is great. (laughs) But I'm just telling you that I'm thinking about dreaming about killing myself. So you better start talking very quickly now. So she smiled and she said, Kim, with all due respect, I'm smiling because this is such a pivotal moment for you in your life. Mm -hmm. I'm like, wow, this is help me. Okay. Because you're saying this. So I'm listening. I love and respect you. And she said, have you heard of first life, second life? And I said, no, (laughs) you know, tell me more. Help me understand. So she said in our first part of our life from when we're born to like mid forties, fifties, it's all about creating our identity. We're building, we're acquiring, we're achieving, we're climbing the corporate ladder. At one carrier, I was promoted nine times in eight years. Another carrier promoted six times. I climbed the corporate ladder fast because I coached, I made the sacrifices I thought needed to be made. I bent myself out of shape to conform to how I thought I was supposed to conform to. I made the sacrifices of my family. I missed birthdays. I was that horrible auntie that would send Christmas presents in March. I was doing all these things, but I had this underlining reason that I was doing all these things because I wanted to help financial advisors spread their message and continue to help people say, yes, everything's going to be okay when the shitty things happen. Mm -hmm. So this was my first part of my life. So what happened to me and why I was having these dreams was that I'm about to step into and I'm now in my second half of my life. So what this means is that my subconscious was killing off Mm -hmm. that old ego. And I'm going, oh my gosh, I'm almost crying telling the story. Every time I tell or share the story, I'm filled with tears of joy because I understand. And I asked, well, why were, where was my ex-boss there? The VP that hired me, what's going on? And they said, you also need to let go of them. Their validation does not matter anymore. This was such an incredible moment in my life. And as I share this with more advisors, as I coach them, friends, peers, people that are making that transformation as from, we're in the great resignation. They are in corporate or in corporate or employee. Now they're making that transformation. There's a reason why you have these feelings. So we need to talk about this more. We're all going through it some way. First life, second life. It is amazing. If you're feeling anything, please look it up. Please look it up. Well, you were partially into that in my my immediate feeling was, oh, she's she's death to her old ego. And you just obviously were thinking of that quite literally, which is terrifying, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I don't believe, and I know that you feel this way too, but I don't believe enough people give themselves permission to do that. We are given opportunities to have different lives, Mm -hmm. whether it's first life, second life, third life, fourth life, what what doesn't matter. Some people go through many iterations, but allowing yourself to release yourself from previous versions of yourself. This is one of the reasons why software sucks. I'm going to digress for a moment here because software doesn't. So when you get an update to your software, right? So your iPhone or your computer, all they're doing is they're laying more crap on top of the existing software instead of doing what what they should do, which is to scrap the entire software and build something new because it's easier. And we've done that for years, Kimberly. We just keep adding more. So oh, it'll be better when this it will be better. And that's not the point. The point is, is sometimes you actually have to destroy what's there and build something new. Now, epiphany, it's it, it's you're you're casting off the shackles of where you were and that need for affirmation and that that's that corporate advancement that you were so tied to who you are. 
but you're still doing stuff in financial services. So let's talk about this this project that you have, which uh, one, I cannot wait to see where all of this stuff ends up from papers and probably a book, uh, a podcast video series. I, this is, this is uh, so brilliant. What is this, the wisdom in the whisper? So you are interviewing a hundred women in financial services in 90 days. How are you doing with that? Are you done? Are you not done? And what in God's name have you learned? This was the greatest gift I ever gave myself to help me show up in a way in the financial services industry that I think and I genuinely feel needs to happen. As I started, and the, and the backstory behind me, me deciding to interview 100 women and personally interview was not a survey, was not check the box. It was, I found 100 female strangers from LinkedIn. And I said, hey, you don't know me, but I want to ask you some questions. Can we be friends? Most of them said yes. Like it, it wasn't very often where I had to go back. But this all came from, as I went through my transformation, now in my second life, giving myself permission to show up in a meaningful way. I started to get asked to head up women's groups in the financial services industry. Kim, come lead the groups. Can you come speak? Can you do this? And Matt, that started to sit funny with me. So again, I had some tension. So why am I having that tension? Do something about it. You got to ask more questions. Get curious. So I started getting really curious by interviewing these 100 women in 90 days. And as I said, it was a credible gift. And, and from that process, it, it validated my feelings and, and it validated the feelings I had. And there's such power in data, true data. So many people say facts are not feelings. True. But feelings come from facts. Also true. When going through this, and I asked three questions. What do you see as the greatest opportunity in financial services? Confidently knowing your voice was going to be heard, what would you say regarding how you view the culture in our industry? And the last one was, what was your greatest motivator to start your career in the financial services industry and now? So is it okay if I touch on a couple oh, of Oh, bring points? it on. Yes, absolutely. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I looked at first and I summarized what I saw, what I saw, because I recruited part of my job. I coached and I recruited financial advisors. That was a big part of my, my, my world. That was my world. So as I look and I look, put my recruiter's hat on because we want to attract more people because we know the data. 85% in the industry is male, 15% is female, right? Everyone's trying to attract and bring this. So the great resignation, we're looking at all the data and we hear about the great resignation. It's heavily cited female, 75% are female. Oh my gosh. Now, if I was a recruiter in the financial services industry or on the advisor side, this is the biggest nugget that you better take from this podcast. Your opportunity is mammoth mammoth because they're starting businesses. So here you, as an advisor, you can give advice to them. And as in the, in the financial services, as a distributor, as a carrier, as a firm, you can recruit because they're looking for that opportunity. So that was great. Looking at the trends on social media, there is an, an, a, an uprising value of voice, opinion, and desire to have experience. So when looking at going to all this and where the financial services industry, where I feel it needs to go, it needs to go to the experience economy. That, that truly needs to go that way. So the last part was looking at other industries. We get so lost and we get so focused within our own little world, within our own little matrix. Get out of it. Get out of it. 
look at what other industries are doing. So as I was playing this through my head, I saw that the sales-focused industries that previously had large weighting on talking to the production requirement tone, they were lowering that priority in its lead. They were now shifting to culture that provides and encourages self-development opportunities, emotional intelligence, personal development, thoughtful leadership, and the implementation of language that speaks to one's measurement of success. So here we go with my title of the approach and the name of my company. It, it needs to be personalized. It truly needs to be personalized. Summering a little bit upon the response of what brought them into the industry and, and what keeps them in there now, it was interesting to hear what the difference between the females that were an advisor and on the corporate world. So the split was 70-30. So the ones that are advisors, they they stated that it was it was freedom. It was an equal pay opportunity. That was their main reason for coming into the financial services industry. When they said yes to become an advisor, when all those recruiters are out there looking for them, it was that that equal or amazing, excuse me, equal pay opportunity. And then the mentioned commitment of training and development. So they thought they're going to make the same amount of money and they're going to get further training and development. Their now response was freedom to focus in areas that serve their business lifestyle and don't be reliant on others. Incredible. So I'm going to go into where the wisdoms and the whispers came. And, and there are three amazing pieces that I heard. And any distributor, I hope you are listening to this part because this is incredible. So respectfully recognizing the ground group that everybody is trying to make to date, the, the, the distribution models, the carriers are truly starting to want to step forward with and value act. But this was the response, and it was almost unanimous through all 100 people. It was, there's an observation that distributors are heavily focused on production, procurement, and product. The lack of conversation and encouragement around business development from qualified individual is highly noticed. They see the efforts, however they feel it's wasted, that they're not currently bringing value to their practice. The other one was the outpouring desire for mentorship. And this one kicked me in the butt. It was felt that with a competitive vibe, there's a lack of sharing and requirement format to do so. And then when one does appear or a study group formats at the distributor level, it becomes a bitch fest and tangents. They're commiserating and they're sharing the, the stresses that are there, which is important, right? You and I both know that it's important to validate and to understand and hear someone's tension or what's going on so you can move past it and bring a solution. But it stops there. No one takes them past that. That is, that is incredible. So they're looking for structure from organizations to, to expectations. That was big. And the last part was... They talked about how they got paid, the override grid. They were looking for, again, more focus on being a fiduciary, let's use that word, financial advisor, and celebrating and paying also on growth, personal development, business development. So give them five extra points on their override grid for putting a designation in place, for hiring a coach, for attending their personal development days, things like that. They just said it would bring such a higher quality of advisor to the table and stop focusing so much, which we do in our industry, on production. That's kind of a synopsis. Wow. Okay. There's a lot there to, to unpack. So let's dive into that just a little bit more deeply. 
there needs to be a fundamental shift in a organization, a field, a discipline, a profession that is fiercely male dominated, who has been so horrifically resistant to any change since the early 1900s. How how do we do this? How who do you and I need to talk to? How do we empower the people who you interviewed to push this back up the chain and have them start listening? So many thoughts on that. So many thoughts. <laughs> Welcome to my brain now. The first thing I want to address is that this is not a gender thing. This is truly a culture thing. That was my tension, right? And that was what I felt for all the 23 years I was on the corporate side and why I didn't go back into the corporate side when I got offered. Matt, I had more senior vice president, vice president, Kim come work from the headhunters. And I got this gut, horrible feeling in my gut. And it wasn't because I don't love the industry. It's that I needed to show up in an area, the change that needed to happen I didn't think I could move the dial from a corporate standpoint. I, I didn't think I could. And, and I still believe that's true. I thought when I first started the approach that my client was going to be the carrier or the distributor. That's what I thought was going to hire me and bring me in to coach their advisors. Because that's what I did. I've put on more trustworthy selling seminar. Like, my goodness. That's who I thought I was going to be. I'm not that person. That's not from interviewing these 100 women. And I also actually have carried it to now interviewing 100 men. I'm on number 87. But it's not what they're saying. It's it, the change needs to happen on the advisor level. They're the ones with the power. They're the ones with the control. It's their, it's, 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 it's their job. It's their career. It's, it's, it's their, their livelihood. It's them. Without them, the carriers or the distributors, probably won't do so well. Well, but that's one of the things that's happening, though, is there's such a mass attrition. So I have a bunch of friends of mine who are recruiters, and I have a bunch of uh, professional acquaintances here through Proudmouth uh, of people who help breakaway advisors who are leaving broker dealers, wirehouses, bank, insurance carriers to go independent. It's because I don't think they feel that they're being listened to by the carriers, by the broker dealers, by those organizations. So they're like, great, I'm out. Now, what that's there's a lot of things that that's doing that's positive, but there's also some things that are that are happening that's that's negative with that. Like you don't obviously have as much support as you probably would within an organization. Uh, some of the products and services that you would like to offer, you can't offer, especially here in the states when it comes to being an RIA or there's some squishiness there. But I I, I don't know. So I I think it's it's how are they not waking up, Kimberly? That just to me, I just don't get how carriers, banks, broker dealers, large organizations aren't waking up and saying, "Oh my God, we have so many people." Because there are a lot of people. All of my recruiter friends are like I can't even handle the business that I've got. Yeah. What do you think? It's hard to scale, and that's that's my corporate wisdom. I I loved. <laughs> I, I've always had a positive outlook. I've always been able to pivot. You know, when I've been told no, I'm like, you just watch me. That 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 has been my mantra all the time. It, it really has. There has to be a way. But when really looking at it from the corporate side, it's very difficult to scale. Respectfully saying, when you're in top senior management and then you have the board on top putting pressures on top of you, and we're now asking because to make this change. It's going to take a lot of time. 
Yeah. This is the basic root fundamental of coaching and and a culture shift. Any shift needs to take time to do it the right way. Are they ready to invest that time in that money, in the talent, in the right person, in the right role to do this? Because this is not just a, hey, six months has changed. Where's the stats? Where's the growth? What's this? You told me coaching is going to work and blah, 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 blah. They're not going to say it. And they're not, not very many are willing to, and maybe I might make some enemies saying this, but I'm going to say it. How many truthfully are going to, are willing to put that high-end six-figure salary on the line? To say, hey, (laughs) let's change the culture. We need to do this or show up in a meaningful way, or we're going to spend and lose a lot of money. Let's be prepared to lose a lot of money to have some great, better growth later on. Yeah, It's a difficult, difficult decision. Now, this is part of your coaching program. This is fascinating to me. And I don't know if you just purposefully led me here, but you did. So bring it on, sister. So here's the thing, right? You talk about when you coach advisors that change is simple but it's not easy. And most people, much like these carriers and broker dealers and all of this, they fail to plan because they're being reactionary to what's going on. How You have some tips and tricks here on how you help business owners start making change and actually create the business that they really want. Hmm. It's helping them understand, again, that it's simple, but it's not easy. And there, there's a difference. Like it, it is those things that just whack us up aside the head of going, oh my gosh, that was so simple. But to get there, it's never easy. It never, never is easy. And that's what makes my coaching important. And that's what makes my coaching effective. Mm-hmm. Truly anybody that is engaged in coaching with me, everyone's been successful. And there's a reason for that. I break it down in chunks and I break it down in obtainable pieces that are applicable to them as a person on how they show up in their business. And it's keeping them easy. Matt, I almost had, are you on, do you, do you listen to Instagram or TikTok or any of those? Oh yeah, totally. So there's this, I got, I got, before I coach anybody, I ask for their business plan. I want to see their previous business plan. And this young gentleman, two years in the business, he sends me his business plan. And I not without a a word of a lie, it was 19 pages long. And that was with me taking out all the infographs and everything. And it came from their distributor (laughs) and it was passed on as coaching. And there's so when I when I talked about Instagram and TikTok, there's this little voiceover audio of this little girl that screams, this is bullshit. And so as I'm turning the pages, I couldn't help that little girl's voice play through my head. And I'm not being judgmental. I just know after 23 years of coaching advisors that it is BS. Taking it and making it easy and helping them walk him through the steps. People say, nope, I'm going to hand them this plan. And, and they ask their wholesalers or whoever of, we're going to give you a value add and you're going to go help your top 20 advisors business plan. Again, not going to happen. It's not going to be effective. Yeah. They need plans, yes, but they need to do it in the right way. And it's just as simple as, Conduct a SWOT analysis. Look at your bit, like just conduct at it and put it in a grid, four grids. So strengths, yep. weaknesses, opportunity, threats, positive on one side, negative on the other. And you can look and compare and you can be, you're at a certain age, you're not going to change, you're not going to change habits. So let's make you shine here and let's fix what's, what's broken or bring in or leverage resources. So that's how we need to look at it. Identify your target audience. Like you really need to spend some time here and identify and continue. And, and you had a guest on, on your podcast not long ago that I loved. 
and I forgot her name, but she talks about niching. She specializes yeah. in niching. And I was listening to her and I'm like, oh my God, I could hug you like a koala bear right now and not let go because what you're saying is brilliant. You need to continually niche down and this takes time. And define your, define your obtainable goals and obtainable. Don't blue sky, big dream. What is obtainable? What's negotiable? What's non-negotiable? Develop your marketing goals and build your activity plan and then rinse, repeat, correct. Like, like yeah. just, just keep going and keep it simple and just keep it to a voice and a thought of strategic intent. What's your strategic intent? I don't think people know that. Kim, I, don't, I think that, that that last question. That's why they hire me. Yeah, I know, but that's it. If you don't, if you don't go and if you don't live your world with intention, with focus and clarity, what are you doing, man? I mean, you're like kind of just flapping in the wind, and you're never going to achieve the level of success. I say this a lot, but you know, when you're at uh, broker dealer meetings or you're at a big meeting, and there's the advisors who are on stage, and everybody's like, "Ooh, they're the big producers." Every one of them has everything that you're talking about. They've got massive focus and intent. They've got a plan. It's a long term plan and they are consistently consistency consistently repeating it changing it looking at it assessing it to make sure that they're moving in the right direction but it is a long-term plan how long do you think it takes to have somebody hit this level of reset button in order to get where they want to go Hmm. When you mean level of reset button, what do you mean by that? Well, you know? thank you for asking. I, I think it's really we're talking about you helping people figure out who the hell they are, because that's what the world needs. I mean, we're already at a level of depth that a lot of other people don't address. Then we've got this, this five, the focus points for, for your coaching specifically, right? But in here, People have to give themselves permission to do things differently. How long have you found that it takes for people to not just have the epiphany, but to implement the epiphany within their business and their life? I want to say years up. <laughs> you know, it is time. There is no, there's no, there's this talk about this magic pill or people think they'll hire a coach and they're going to change and fix everything. It's your job. You fix it for me. No, 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 no. I'm here to uncover and peel back the layers and ask you, you focused questions, really difficult questions. And I'm going to gain your trust the whole entire time. And as I'm bringing up to that question, I'm intelligent enough and I've done this long enough to know where the boundaries are. But it's you need to sit there and just keep peeling back the layers and asking your questions. Yes, I have five simple steps. But this is where it's not easy to those five simple steps. We have hours of conversation in regards to those five simple steps. This really is your business plan will always be organic. It will always be organic. When you talk about the big, you know, mammoth advisors that are on the stage that we go to all these conferences and everyone admires and you scan the room, you totally scan the room and you look at the advisor's faces. And this is my favorite part. And there's the arms crossed. There's the slouches. There's everything. I'm going, <laughs> okay, I know yeah. who hasn't planned. And then there's the other ones, that, the, the younger ones that are kind of sitting up and looking and they're watching and they're watching with such intensity. But that intensity is focused on that monetary piece of right. how do I look like this advisor and get myself into the Jewish community and do this because that's what this big advisor just did. It's like, 
No, you're missing the point. It's not the niche that they picked. Don't, don't. It's not the business owners they picked. It's that they applied such discipline to their process and their purpose continually year after year. That's the message you should take away. Something that's in your literature is know your scripts, master the situation. I honestly don't know where you're going with this, so I'm very interesting <laughs> to find. But we talk about practice a lot. That's something that as a professional, and I'm going to go back to being a coach, it's interesting in business when they hire somebody like you, Kim, they're like, oh, well, you fix this for me. But when a professional skier hires a skiing coach, they're not having the skier ski or the coach ski the mountain. They're learning from the coach so that they can ski the mountain more effectively. Why are we so backwards in that? Uh, that's a rhetorical question because I think we know the answer to that. But let's talk about this. Know your scripts, master the situation. What is that? And how is that applicable to your whole system here? Mm -hmm. I love that actually you kind of touched on coaching and athletics because I'm from. Yes, you are. Yeah. A high achieving yeah. athletics yeah. background. I can coach Olympians if I want to. And also the way, the way I have, have shown up in, in that world. And it truly is when we're thinking about a coach, think about sports. Like, guys, let's think about sports, right? A coach comes in and you tweak piece by piece, little by little. And it's years, years before you get to that point. So going to your question about diving deeper into know your scripts, master the situation. Again, I get a point of tension and, and there's little voices that start going through my head that I need to put in a place. But when I listen to, I belong to a lot of Facebook advisory groups. I listen to tons of keynote speakers. I listen to trainers and I'm going to call them trainers. I'm going to listen to that. In, in, in the advisory services industry and in financial services, we're really, really good at helping people practice whatever you want to call it, their elevator speech, right? Their description, their pitch, their providing all these scripts. There's like this process that happens is when an advisor comes into the industry, they're, they're slammed with product. Like every wholesaler, every carrier, like learn my stuff, yep. learn my stuff, sell my stuff, get my conference. And then it's like, okay, here are these scripts. This is what's worked for me. This is what's worked for me. This is what's worked for me. Just do it. That makes me sad. That makes me sad because I see all these people walking around frustrated because they're trying to, again, it kind of goes back to a, a saying that, that, that I felt too of from that I got from one of my coaches when in athletics is when I, when I came and I found him for team Canada over in the East, I found him and I, and I, I admired this guy forever, admired him forever. And I said, I want to look like you. I want to paddle like you. I want mm. to move the water like you. I want to be you. And he looked at me and this is actually really big on my website. It's also one of my spot, my spots. And this was my pinnacle changing moment too. And he said, if I made you a mirror image of me, would I be helping you or would I be failing you? Mm. Tears and the whole, I just got smacked upside the head. Going back to the advisor on scripts and mastery, yes, practice, practice your elevator speech, practice what you're going to say when someone in that opportune moment, you have that opportunity to describe what you do for a living. However, you need to spend equal amount, if not even more time, understanding emotional intelligence, and that's mastering the situation. There is some very odd, awkward points that uh, come, comes forward when, when you don't address the situation, the personality style. And I do a lot of coaching when I call it the chameleon concept. It's, it's that whole part of understanding your personality style and understanding how to identify others' 
personality style. When If you don't address it in that moment and you have that five seconds to introduce yourself the right way, and it's not really the words, it's how you deliver and read the situation. So yeah. that's where I come from that. Well, and I, I love it. You refer to it as, as, as scripts. I've always, as a coach, and then before that as a therapist, I used to call it the tapes. Everybody's got those tapes, those things that are playing inside. And, and as we kind of wrap up the show today, it, it's fascinating. Somebody recently asked me, Matt, you just seem so much more confident with this new brand that, that we rolled out when we moved from, from Top Advisor Marketing to Proudmouth. And when you talk about it, there is a different level of feeling that makes me interested. And it goes back to everything that you just said there, which is one, I'm not trying to be like, we are not trying to be like anybody else anymore. We are us, that is who we are, and we are unapologetic about that. But the other thing is it comes from the heart. So, so many of those scripts, those value propositions, the, the referral ask, all of those things, they're, they're not from you. They don't come from your soul. They come from some script that has worked for another advisor. And so you're like, well, I'm just going to hitch my wagon to that. No, that's not real. And I'm going to sniff that out because I can tell that that's really not your words. And this is why we believe, Kim, that that creating your own content is so important. It needs to be your voice. It needs to be your heart. You can't use other people's stuff in an industry that it's all about relationships. All right. So speaking of relationships, I am sure that there are people who are going to listen to this show who not only want you as a guest on their podcast, but also to hire you as a coach. What is the best way for them to reach out to? The best way is to go on my website and I, on my website, the approach coaching method.ca. You're also going to put it up. You said that's the best way and subscribe to my blog and also get to know me a little bit too. And, and let's have a discovery call and a chat. And then I have a call to action from that. Once you have a discovery call chat with me, talk to at least two other coaches. Because that's important that I am the right coach for you and that we work together in a way that'll help you define your success. Something that very few coaches do are, is, is what Kimberly just said there, right? Because you have to find somebody who fits with you and is going to help you be the best you you can be. And also that is going to change over time. The coach that that you would have hired as a paddler early on is very different than the coach that you would have hired after you achieved these different elite levels, right? Because you might have hired a coach who was only going to help you with one aspect of physical training that was going to bring you to the next level. Kirk Lowe, my, my partner, who everybody listening knows very well, he's got his kids, and one of them plays very, very competitive hockey. And it's fascinating to me because he'll tell me during our meetings, oh, we just hired this coach so that he can help with his stick work or skate work or turns or checks. I mean, there are coaches in Canada, not probably here in the United States, but in Canada to help you learn how to check somebody better. See, that's the sort of stuff. That, and this kid is like 15, right? And we don't look at that as professionals who are 30, 40, 50, 60, that we don't know that we need to try to find somebody who's going to meet us where we are, have us check in and figure out where we want to go and take us there. That person might not always be the same, which Kimberly, this is why I bring coaches on the show. I don't do it very often, but when I do, it's because I think that you're offering something that's unique and different. And I really hope that somebody who's listening right now will sit back and say, you know what? I, I think I'm ready. I think I just heard from the right person in order to help me be myself, which is the most important journey any of us can take. Closing ideas, closing thoughts, closing statement. What do you got? 
<laughs> Two things to drill down a little bit more on who I best help and who I best serve. There's a bit of a saying, and I'll, and I'll keep it short, and, and I like it. We hear the words journey and path a lot, right? In life and life coaching and in everywhere. And the advisor that I best serve is the advisor who has gone on their journey. They've had all the lumps and bumps and triumphs and they've learned and they've tested and they went through the value adds. And now they are standing at the gate of their path. I am the coach that's waiting there for them at the gate of their path. That's the, that's, that really is my niche and who I help best serve. So that's that big piece. And the last part that I, you know, I kind of want to close out is I have such admiration for financial advisors, for the financial services industry. This is the most admirable job and career you can ever have. Give it the time and the respect that your community, that the world needs and deserves Spend the time on showing up as the best you and resonating with the right people. And let's continue to lift this amazing culture that needs to keep moving forward and creeping in. And I thank everyone who is stepping forward and making the change and being brave enough to make the change and the communities that are coming forward. Like That is absolutely, I'm so encouraged and I'm so positive. So what's happening? So there's two important dates that every every person in this world it has two dates. It's the day you were born and the day you die. What I want to leave you with is I really want you to think about how are you going to show up and live that dash? Nice. Kimberly, thank you so much. It was an absolute honor and pleasure to meet you, to have you on the show. And we'll make sure that we have all of those links in the show notes. All right, everybody. Oh boy. I'm sure there are people who you want to share this <laughs> podcast with. So please make sure you do that by clicking the share button. Super easy. Give us a quick review if you can on any of the players. We'd appreciate it. And of course, if you want to find out a little bit more about who we are and what we do, just follow me personally on LinkedIn. I'm actually connected with Kim too. Please follow her stuff. Oh my gosh. She's putting out great stuff all the time. Great way to connect and really get to know her better. Uh, and that's the that's the joy of social media. Kim uses it incredibly well because you are going to understand her through her social. And if your social doesn't do that, you might want to give me a call. But anyway, so for the approach coaching method, Kim and all of us here at Proudmouth, this is Matt Haller, and we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Thanks for listening to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. If you want to learn more about how you can be your own loud, visit our website, read our blog posts, attend our educational webinars, and sign up for our new Influence Accelerator Academy, where you too can learn how to truly be an influencer in your space. Have a wonderful day.